Hello friends, I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk. This is Pastor Marco. Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live. If you've never been, if you live in the area, we have two services, Saturday 6 p.m. and Sunday 10 a.m. And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages. And don't forget to check out our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. We believe this message is going to encourage you, but also challenge you in your walk with God. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to continue this series, Fearless. And I want to, every week in the series, I want to read this verse as our main verse in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Because it's not just a cute verse, it's a, it's a confession. Okay? It's not just a cute Facebook post. It's the reality that God wants for our lives. That we're meant to live this fearless life. Notice we put the less in parentheses because it's about fearing less. Right? Fear is never going to go completely away, but you don't have to have power. It doesn't have to have power over you. you know? And the goal is that each time we get closer to him, fear begins to dissipate from our lives. Amen? And so I want us to read this together as a declaration over your life. I want you to read it out loud. See, faith comes by hearing. Sometimes you got to hear yourself speak the things you want to see. Right? And so, go ahead and put the scripture up. We're going to do this together as a church. Ready? On three. One, two, three. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Can you say amen? That's God's will for us. Because yeah. fear is an interesting thing, isn't it? Fear will make you do interesting things. I remember the last time I was in Cape Verde on a mission trip. Um, which is a very, really powerful trip where in 10 days we're preaching the gospel. We saw about 100 people give their lives to Jesus Christ. And, and we were able to bring food and medicine and all these different things that, you know, our, our country needs. And, uh, but one night we were debriefing over what God was doing. And it was late at night. Uh, I think it was around 10, 11 o'clock at night. And me and a few other grown men. Uh, talking about life and Jesus and what God's doing. And we're in Cape Verde. We're under these palm trees. And in the middle of this really deep conversation, all of a sudden, we hear this crack above us, like this big bang, like, ah! And these four grown men all ran in four different directions. <laughs> like, no one asked questions. We just started running, you know. Uh, four grown men just ran, you know. Uh, why? Because fear will make you do really dumb stuff. All it was, it was a branch. But we're like, we're in Cavert, it's 11 o'clock, we're not taking any chances. You know, you ever watch the, the scary movies? I think scary movies are inaccurate because black people always die first. I don't believe that because black people always run first. Like we run. Then we ask questions. Like, we run like two miles later. We're like, yo, what was that? <sighs> what, what, what was that? White people run to the problem. What's that? You know. Yeah. White people are way more brave than we are. You know. Uh-oh. Okay. Is there a white person working up there today? Yeah. Messing with me. Where's the other microphone, white people? Um, I do love you. 
But uh, fear, fear is, is weird. You know, when we, we moved here four years ago, and the house that we bought um, came with an alarm system, but we never really activated the alarm system. My, my, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Please don't tell anybody. But I figured, you know, it looks legit. The light blinks. So if someone happens to, you know, try to do something, they can see there's an alarm system. But I never hooked it up. Okay, it just looked like an alarm system. Problem is, a few days into the house, all of a sudden, one night, like three in the morning, the alarm system goes off. Now that will put some fear in you. Never activated the thing. So here I am, I'm up, this is a new house. You know how hard it is to sleep in a new home, right? I'm up, I got my fake gun out. And I started sweeping the house. You hold it this way, because in the movies, that's how you see him, <laughs> holding your gun. And so I'm going through the house, went to the basement, I'm looking around, went to the dining room. You know when your mind, you start playing things, like if I'm in the dining room, if I came to this door, maybe they're on the other side, so you do like a sweep around. You guys ever done that? You ever get in your car and you sweep the back of your car? Like if whoever's there can jump from side to side, you're like... <laughs> Oh, you might be on this side. It's just, it's just dumb stuff that fear makes you do. Right? Am I the only one? Come on, talk to me. You're like... You know, so, so the reality is, guys, that majority of the things we fear or are anxious about never actually happen. Isn't it interesting? Majority of the things we worry about, we're concerned about, Never actually, like 99.9% of the time, it never happens. Right? Like, isn't it interesting? You're like, you get a little cough and you Google it. All of a sudden, you start to like become a doctor. You got your MD at home from Googling. The cough turns into like a death threatening disease in your mind. Like, you, I'm gonna die. You're calling your mom, you're calling your friends, you're, you're planning your funeral, you know. And then you go to the doctor, it's like, oh, you got a step throat. You're like, oh, I thought I was like dying, you know, because fear. Please, do me a favor, as your pastor, don't Google yourself. Don't Google when you think you're sick, all right? Just don't, don't Google. Oh, hello, somebody. Um, because, because, listen, behind Google, there's a lot of fear, Okay, so I always tell people, check the sources of the things you're Googling. You can't believe everything you read, right? 90% of Facebook is fake news, right? People are killing people. (laughs) Have you seen that? Will Smith's dead. And then you don't check anything. You just share it. Oh, my God, my favorite actor is dead. (laughs) You ever done that? (laughs) And someone's like, I think that's fake news. You're like, oh, okay, you know. But fear, man, it, it, it makes you do really dumb stuff. You ever, um, like, for example, this morning, I can guarantee you, someone walked in, and, and, and you're already apprehensive because it's church, you don't know how you're going to feel, and all of a sudden, someone happened to be dazing past you, but you think they're looking right at you. It's like, I knew it. I knew I shouldn't come. Look at how they look. It's like, bro, they don't even know you, and you're already, like, making all... I just want to set us free today that a lot of this stuff is in our minds. Can I tell you something? The people that you're worried about are not even thinking about you. 
Like, I got good, I got good news for all of us. We're not that important. Like, we're not. You know? We're really not. But we think we are. You're at home, two in the morning, still playing that thing in your head. Oh, when I see her. When I see her. You know, you're, you're up. She's sleeping at home at peace. She, you know, she's in la-la land, and you're over here stressing. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get my... I can never do the next thing. I wish I could. That's like an expertise thing. But, but I'm telling you, fear is, is weird, you know? Conversations that you have in your head, they never actually happen. Right? All because, let's be real, we're fear-driven a lot of times. Even the ones that say, I am not afraid of anything. Have you noticed the lot as we are, the more fearful we are? <laughs> you know, there should be like an alarm system on our heart. Fear, 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 fear. You know, hey, yo, you're blinking. <laughs> uh, I crack myself up. There's a lot of things that don't actually happen, you know. So, so, so fear, in a sense, is just a defective alarm system. Because not every fear is bad, because the, the goal of fear is to tell you danger, danger. The problem is it's defective. It's been defected by our fall. It's been defected by sin, so we think everything is danger. And so what happens is we begin to confuse the times we're supposed to overrule the alarm or supposed to receive the alarm. Are you following? That's the struggle, you know. There are times you're supposed to just bypass the alarm and say, it's just defective. I, n- I never activated it. I never activated the thing. How can it be going off? It's going off because it's defected. Right? And it goes off because majority of our lives have been driven by fear. So that becomes a defensive mechanism. Even in laughing, people are scared. Sometimes you talk to people about Jesus, <laughs> but it's like, yo, bro, you're, you're afraid to change. You're just afraid. You're like, it's fear. It's just fear. You know? Because it's funny, like, people laugh, like, ah, oh, geez, but it's, you look at their life, you're like, you're a mess. Right? You're a mess, but even in your laughter, you're trying to protect yourself from what? From, from change. From fear of changing. Are you following? So a lot of this stuff, man, I'm telling you, if we just begin to zero in on the will of God, we'll begin to see a lot of these things begin to get away from us. We're not meant to live that way. We're not meant to live in defectiveness. We're meant to live in effectiveness. Are you following? And so listen, fear is a built-in alarm system, but most of it has been defected. Now, if you're taking notes, at the heart of fear, at the heart of fear there's always something else. There's always something underneath. Let me give you some practical examples. When you're worried about money, when you're worried about money, how are you going to pay your bills? At the heart of that fear is a lack of trust. If God is your God, if he's sovereign, and if he says he's got you, then at the end of the day, am I going to trust him to provide for me or not? Or am I going to get on fear mode and start to like get really tight because you don't understand. No one else understands. I don't know what that was. Um, 
every fear has a baseline. Right? The, the insecurities, the personal insecurities comes from where? From a lack of trust. Some of us didn't have good fathers to speak life into us. And so you grew up trying to prove yourself. Some of us didn't have good moms. And so what do we do? We're trying to earn love somewhere. There's always a baseline to our fear. When you hear people say, I'll never trust anybody again, what happened? No, you got hurt. But you can't live your life that way. Because if you live your life that way, absolutely you're going to be isolated. You're never going to find anything right. Why? Because you're always coming from the wrong start. And you're never giving the other person a chance. Ladies, can I talk to you for a second? (laughs) We got to stop with this generalizing man stuff. You know, not every man broke your heart. John did. If there's a John in the house, my bad. (laughs) Muhammad did. You know? So just because Muhammad broke your heart doesn't mean everybody else is the same way. And so what happens is you begin to come into places with a stank face, you know. And And then here's what you guys say. Why am I always attracting the wrong guy? Well, if you're always attracting the wrong guy... Who is the common denominator? Oh, okay, y'all ain't gonna talk to me. You know, so you can't approach that stuff from fear. Right? You hear that from church. Oh, I'm not going to church, they're all hypocrites. But that statement is such a simple statement to answer back. It's like, okay, we got room for one more. Because here's the reality. Nobody lives up to their experience. Not even the person who says it. Right? But it's fear. Masked in whatever. Rejection. In money. In relationships. It's all fear. And, and, and listen, church. If we're going to grow. If we're going to grow, we're going to ask us the questions. Please write this down. Why am I afraid? What's behind my fear? What's behind fear number, door number three? Because I guarantee you there's always another layer to it. There's always another thing. Fear of relationships comes from being rejected. Fear of money comes from a spirit of poverty. There's always something else. We got we to gotta stop and analyze if we're going to grow. Because if we don't, we'll keep on this loophole. You keep getting in bad relationships and never ask the question, why am I keep getting in bad relationships? You keep grinding financially and you keep living paycheck to paycheck and never asking the question, what am I going to do different financially so I'm not to keep this thing flowing? Like You keep passion church, but you'll never become part of the solution if you keep just saying everybody else is a hypocrite, but you never take ownership for yourself. Like You keep doing this. Why am I afraid? What's the thing behind my fear? What's the thing behind my fear? You ever talk to thugs? They're one way with their boys, but you get, catch them alone. Catch them alone. They got fears. Their whole projection is to say, you can't hurt me. We all have them. That's the reality of it. Insecurities. We all have them. 
And, and the way that we display insecurities depends on your personality. Some of us are loudly insecure. Some of us are quietly insecure. Take Timothy, for example. What you just read is a book that was written by the Apostle Paul to mentor his, one of his protege, Timothy. Timothy was younger. Paul would establish churches, and he would put leaders over them. And Timothy was in a, a city called Ephesus, one of the biggest churches of that time. And Paul is trying to teach him how to lead. Problem is, Timothy was timid. That's why he says, Timothy, God didn't give you a spirit of fear and timidity. See, being timid, a lot of times people embrace it like it's part of your personality. But if he's keeping you from your purpose, it's a sin. Like if timidity is keeping you from doing the will of God, it's no longer personality. It's a problem. And so what Paul is doing is he's trying to help this young man rise up to his purpose, to his calling, and not allow timidity to get in the way. Because Paul, Paul was saying to Timothy, you cannot be insecure in this thing. You cannot let other people dictate how you're going to do ministry. So listen, if you're going to succeed, if you're going to do God's will, you cannot be a slave to people pleasing. You can't. That's why I made up my mind a long time ago. If you're going to come to this church, it's because God has led you here. And if you want to submit to the authority and the leadership of the church, fine. If not, listen, I will never people please. That's not God's will. So some people come, don't like it, fine. There's a place somewhere where you fit, where you don't feel like you're threatened by strong leadership. Because some people want to manipulate people into their liking. See, majority of the time when people say, I don't like this person, is because they're insecure themselves. And they want the person to feel insecure themselves. And we say the devil is a liar. We're not going to submit to people pleasing. We all have our personal preferences. But convictions are different. You got to have convictions over personal preference. So he's saying to him, listen, you cannot allow some of these people to try to mold you into someone that you're not. If, listen, the quickest shortcut to you not reaching your destiny is try to please everybody. The moment you please everyone, you lost your soul. You lost your purpose. You lost your identity. You've lost your destiny. And so Paul is strongly about this because he knows, listen, this thing can go south really quickly, Timothy, if you don't stand your ground. And be who God has called you to be. Now, for Timothy, it's timidity, but you got to fill in the blanks. What is that spirit that's holding you back from your purpose? What is that thing? Because we all have it. What is that thing that keeps coming against your purpose? If you don't identify it, it will always rule over you. The goal is to pinpoint it, name it, and then defeat it in Jesus' name. That there's power... Over whatever it is that's holding you back. The worst thing we can do, church, is to make friends with our imperfections. What do we people, most people say, I'm not perfect. Well, tell us something we don't know. Like it's a revelation. You're not? This whole time, I just, I just, you know. No, it's not about that. It's about pinpointing the things that is keeping you from your purpose. For him was, was being timid. For you, it might be a spirit of addiction. It might be a spirit of poverty. 
It might be a spirit of lust. Whatever it is, you have to pinpoint it. If you don't, it's going to rule over you. The spirit of anger came over Cain. He was jealous of his brother. Isn't that amazing? Where we're not focused on ourselves, we'll be jealous of others. But God told him, he spoke to him, he said, listen, if you do the right thing, why don't I bless you like I bless Abel? But if you don't, this sin of anger is crouching at your door. It desires to master you, but you must master it. So fill in the blanks. It may not be anger, but what is it? What is it? What's holding you back from your purpose? Because you have one. The Bible is clear. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you hope in a future. So the things that comes against that is always trying to hold you back from your purpose, from your destiny, from who God created you to be in the first place. This is why we come to church. We don't come to church just to check off our religious you know, quota. We come to church to keep pinpointing things and keep surrendering to God and keep believing God for a better future, for a better tomorrow. That's the point. Go to this one. That white person never got over it. Like... <laughs> If you're taking notes, fear, what fear does is fear exposes our limitations. And then if you don't check it, fear will explore your limitations. Fear will tell you you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough money. You're not good looking enough. You're not white enough. You're not black enough. You're not hood enough. You know, fear will, will, this is what fear will do. It will try to explore you to keep you bound by the lies at the feet of the enemy. And the problem is, if you don't check it, you end up agreeing with it. Most people live in the fear that they have agreed to. So, so what Paul is saying is, Timothy, you don't agree with the spirit of timidity. That's not what God has for you. The first step to freedom is to not agree with the wrong spirits. God didn't give you a spirit of addiction. God didn't give you a spirit of lust. God didn't give you a spirit of anger. God didn't give you a spirit of poverty. God didn't give you any other spirit but his own spirit. And the worst thing we can do is say, it is what it is. If there was no loophole, but there's a loophole who says, no, 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 there's a better way. God gave you a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind, and you don't settle for anything less. So what we need to do, church, is is acknowledge the fear, but then release it to God. We must release it. Don't talk with it. Don't hang out with it. Don't hold hands with it. And the worst thing is, don't have small groups about it. You ever meet people, all they talk about is the stuff that's not going right? And that's a small group. You go to work, all you're talking about is gossiping and what's not going right and how this boss is terrible. And guess what? You reap what you sow. Then we wonder why things are not working out. 
You're in a relationship, but your girls are not in a relationship. All they talk about is how bad guys are. All of a sudden, you start to see all the defects in your man as opposed to seeing that, man, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Y'all single. That's why I tell married dudes, don't take advice from single dudes. One time a dude tried to tell me I'm whooped. I'm like, yeah, I'm going home. Where are you going? Where are you going? Tell me how to live my life when yours is messed up. I don't want to hold hands with that stuff. Man, I, I want to I talk to some people who understand that, yeah, we got limitations, but we're not bound by limitations because we have a God that can exceed our, our expectations. I want to talk to people. When I walk away, I feel like, oh, I can do this. Because some people you talk to, the more you talk to them, the more you feel deflated. You're like a balloon. You ever talk to people like that? You walk away, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> they suck life out of you, and they call it being real. If that's being real, I don't want to be real. I want to be in the will of God. I want power. I want wisdom. My goodness. You heard me say this before. Why is it every time someone says, I want, can I be real? It's always negative. Have you noticed that? If someone says, can I be real with you, be ready. <laughs> Next time someone says, can I be real with you, be like, one second. <sighs> okay, go. Because <laughs> no one says, can I be real with you? If God is for you, who can be against you? Because God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Why can't we talk like that? We got to get the right spirit in us. Because fear is always telling you, sit down, shut up, don't try. Oh, you're going to be one of those Christians now. Like, what other ones are there? Because last time I checked, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you ought to have some life in you, you ought to have some faith in you, you have some power in you. So I, I don't know about you. You're supposed to look like the guy. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to understand this stuff. Yeah, I, I want to go to church, but I just, I just don't want to, you know. It's like, well, what does that mean? Well, it makes no sense. I want to go to church, but I don't want the power that goes with it. It makes no sense. You know, Christians hiding. You got to whisper your Christianity. Something's wrong. You are work. You can't say the name Jesus because you're scared. You know, fear is never going to go away if you don't handle it. Because fear says, sit down, shut up, don't do anything. The Spirit of God says, speak up. Can I tell you something, church? The things that matters in this world, you will have to do them scared. There's not one step 
in the right direction that's not going to bring some fear with it. Why? It's a built-in alarm system. It's supposed to tell you danger. But guess what? It's a defective alarm system. You need to bypass the code and embrace that if I'm going to live life according to God's will, I'm going to take some steps of faith. And it's going to require me to get out of my comfort zone and do things that normally I wouldn't do in other circumstances. That's why God sometimes has to box us into making a decision. You notice that God will box you till you have nowhere to go but to him. That's why he says all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. He's like, man, I have, sometimes he's like, I think he's in heaven going, man, that knucklehead, we got to put him in a crazy situation so he can swim. Because he's going, mm, mm, mm. God's like, body slam him on the other side. On the other side of the pool, oh, God, oh, I got to die. Because fear takes chances. Faith takes chances, not fear. I, I think the, the, the most scariest thing about life is a life that's never taken a chance. Like, I don't know about you. I don't want to become an old man someday and tell my grandkids, you know, your grandfather almost did some awesome things. I mean, one time I thought about it, <laughs> I prayed about it, <laughs> but never actually, come on, life is about adventures. Life is about telling stories that actually happened so the next generation can say, wow, this is doable. Like, we can do this. Look what these guys did. We can do it too. Come on, I got to press this a little bit this morning. When was the last time you did something that took faith? Actual faith. Like, you had no idea what's going to work. Like, when was the last time you jumped into the deep end over your head that you're like, God, if you don't show up, I'm in trouble. But your heart's beating fast, but you feel alive. You feel like, man, this is worth doing. It's worth living. I got to tell you something, church. If six months goes by, you haven't done anything other than predictable, you, you might be living in fear. It's about taking chances. If you're waiting for the stars to line up and for the audible voice of God to come and say, Behold, <laughs> buy that house. Behold, ask her out. Behold, apply for that job. Behold, start tithing. I'm telling you. I feel right now there's a dude in here. You want to ask someone out? Man, step out in faith and ask her out. I don't care if your knees are buckling. Ask her out. One of my favorite quotes is, tell the truth even if your voice shakes. If it's the truth, don't suppress it. Tell it like it is. Knees are buckling, mouth won't open. Because <laughs> in my experience, that's when God steps in. That's when God steps in. God, I think God is in heaven with the angels like, man, I, I wish you would. 
I mean, God is that dude. Like, God would dare you. Double dare you. Like, I dare you. Buy a house you can afford. I dare you. Ask a girl that you think is not on your level. I dare you. Go for that promotion. Walk in there like you know what you're doing. I dare you to step up and be who I called you to be. I dare you. I dare you to live by faith and not by sight. I dare you to be yourself in a generation that's a copycat world. I dare you to stand out. I dare you to be who God called you to be. I dare you to live above the level of sin and mediocrity. I dare you to be the man and the woman that God created you to be. He didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. I dare you to give God some praise in the middle of your junk. I dare you to be who God called you to be. My God feel like preaching in this place my god i feel like preaching man i dare you to get a hold of your purpose isn't it interesting in new bedford just in one city just in one place every neighborhood is different like isn't it interesting people are like new bedford is really bad but then you're like what <laughs> If you just walk 10 miles, like, just walk. That's still New Bedford, but it's awesome. I dare you to stop making excuses and stop making moves. Like, I dare you. I dare you. Because it's so easy. Ah, oh, New Bedford. Well, go to South Providence. Go to Central Falls. Go to Pawtucket. Go to Fort River. Wherever you go, there you are. There you are, every time. Look in the mirror, peekaboo. There you are. I dare you. Please write this down. Fear is a liar. Tries to cripple you from your calling. Cripple you from your destiny. It is not God's will for you to live that way. What's holding you back, church? What's holding you back? Name it. And bring it before the Lord. And I know some things are more challenging than others. I know that. So some, some of us, we have to keep bringing it to the Lord. But don't settle for it. The same Paul who wrote to Timothy said, he said, I die daily that may Christ may live in me. What he was saying, he said, I die daily to those things that hold me back. So this is how it looks like. You get up in the morning, and you know you got some things that hold you back, and you, and you bring it before the Lord. You're like, God, I'm here to die to my insecurities. I'm here to die to my pride. I'm here to die to my anger. I'm here to die to my addiction. I'm here to die to poverty. I'm here to die so I can live. I'm here to pick up your spirit, your spirit that gives me power to overcome, your spirit that gives me love, your spirit that gives me self-discipline to go and accomplish the things you put in my heart to accomplish. There are God-given dreams inside all of us that we must dare to believe for in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Yeah. Look, the Bible says this. In 1 John, it says, look, perfect love expels all fear. Perfect love. The God love will expel all fears. The thing is, most of us haven't experienced the love of God. We've experienced church. We've experienced religion. But experiencing the love of God is actually different. It's actually, it permeates your soul. 
permeates your heart, permeates your mind, permeates your being. It transforms you from the inside out, and it gives you a new perspective. It washes over you, and the more it washes over you, the more the other things begin to get off of you. Why do we take showers every day? I don't know if you, are, you know, have that conviction of taking showers every day, but you should. It's a powerful thing to take a shower every day. Um, it's a good day. It's a good way to start your day. You know, when you're taking a shower, you're, you're removing impurities from your body, right? And you're refreshing your soul. It's the same thing going to God every single day in the spirit. And, you know, when you go to God in worship, you don't have to wait for church to have church. Like, you, you know, what we do here, you can do at home. You can get three songs on your iPad, on your whatever, and you can have church at home. And you can invite the Holy Spirit to come over you, over your mind, over your heart, over your spirit. After you're done singing those songs, you tell yourselves, what are the announcements for the day? Like, God, what is it that we're going to do today? And then you take an offering for yourself. You take yourself out, and, you know, you treat yourself really well. And then you preach to yourself, and you say to yourself, God, you didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. That's how you live. You can have church every single day of your life. And then you can have, you can have guest speakers preach to you. You can go on podcasts and be like, all right, self, today, Carl Lenz is going to be a guest preacher. You know, today, Stephen Furtick is going to be a guest preacher. Today, Joyce Meyer is going to be a guest speaker. Today, Joel Osteen is going to be a guest speaker. But, you know, by Friday, we're going to bring back a favorite guest speaker. Marco DeBarro is going to come back and, and, and be in our minds, in our hearts. You know, you can do this. You can do this. It's God's will for you. That you expel all fear. So I'm going to end here. Look, Paul says this to Timothy. In the verse right before, he tells him, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Look what he tells him. Look, he said, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift of God gave you when I lay hands on you. I love that. And I, I hope you get the, the image. He's like, listen, you're gifted, Timothy. You're called already. You're blessed already. You're anointed already. What you need to do is fan into flames the things God has for you. I mean, you guys like camping. If you like camping, like, I don't like camping. I'm just, I just set you up. Um, I like the idea of camping. The idea of camping is better than actually camping for me. Like, my wife every year tries to convince me, let's go camping, because that's what her family does. It's like a family thing every single year. But I'm like, I'm not from that side of the family. Like, that, it, it just, you know, the idea of, like, setting up shop in the middle of nowhere. I, like, my idea of camping is in a hotel, you know. <laughs> fireplaces on the TV, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, but one of the things you got to do at camp is you, you got to have fire, because so you can keep yourself warm or you do s'mores and all that stuff so that's the idea fan the flames is saying like there's a flame inside of you there's there's gifting inside of you but listen your job is to you gotta you gotta you know you gotta bring that flame to life think about it you can't create fire but you can bring the wood hello somebody see see my problem with, with church is this 
Most of us like the idea of Christianity, but not the actual practice of Christianity that takes doing some work. You got to like fan the flame of your gifting, of your purpose, of your calling. You got to keep coming back and saying, God, I'm lifting up every gift that you're giving me, every dream that you're giving me, every possibility that you're giving me, every blessing that you're giving me. I'm going to bring it up to life. I'm going to bring it up to life. I'm going to fan it into flame because I refuse to be a victim to my circumstances and situations. You didn't call me to be a victim. You called me to be a victor. I'm going to rise. I'm going to raise up. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be who you called me to be. I'm going to blow this thing into life in the mighty name of Jesus. My God. Fan your life into flame. It is my soul, my responsibility to bring my flame into life. Because I refuse to be lukewarm. You see, the Bible tells us clearly that fire is a symbol of God. Fire is a symbol of God. Where there's fire, there's the presence of God. In the Old Testament, he told them, my presence will be dictated by fire, but it's up to you to bring the word. I have a role to play in fanning the flames of my dreams. Yes, I can, I can sit back and let disappointment bring my fire down. Or I can come back and say, but God... But God, I'm going to keep fanning this thing into existence. Church, don't fall in love with the idea of it. Most people are living up here. One day. Problem is one day will never come because one day is today. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. I'll talk about finances next week. One day I'll have a house. How are you ever going to have a house if you don't put some things into motion and begin to prophesy over your finances and begin to tithe and begin to put God first and see your dream come to pass? There's nothing wrong with wanting a big house. Nothing wrong with wanting a car. Nothing wrong with wanting more in life. God wants it for you, so don't stop where you are. Keep going for what God has for you. Fan into flames. There's gifting inside of you. There's purpose inside of you. There's calling inside of you. Some of you, you have fallen victim to your surroundings. Most people settle. And what happens after a while? We begin to look like most people. But deep down inside, there's a flame there. Who just wants to be stirred up. Who just wants to come alive. Don't you fall victim to your surroundings. Don't say it is what it is. Speak life into what it's supposed to be. Yes, we've made mistakes. All of us have fallen short of God's grace. But that's the beauty. All of us are welcome back to begin to fan the flames of everything that he has for us. Isn't it sad? Some of us will leave this place blessed today, but you go to a surrounding that kills your faith. You got to protect your faith. You got to protect your dreams. Some things don't share with everybody. Because not everybody's in with you. Some things you want to treasure in your heart every day and say, God, I know what you put in me. I know what you made me. I know what you called me to be. I'm not going to settle because someone else settled. I'm going to go for what you called me to go for. And I refuse to be anything less than who you created me to be. Pay attention when people say keep it real. They're saying leave faith out of it. But he says walk by faith. And not by sight. It isn't it funny the people that say we're crazy are more crazy than we are. You're telling me 
that evolution makes more sense than believe that God created the universe when everything falls into his right place? Come on, it takes more faith to believe that than to believe that there's a God who spoke the universe into existence. You're telling me you get up every day on your own. Like, all, like you didn't choose to be born. But all of a sudden, you're the master of the universe. It takes more faith to believe in that stuff. Don't let people talk you out of your faith. Your faith needs to have some teeth. Not to bite people. <laughs> to bite into your dreams. To bite into your purpose. To bite into your destiny. Like you get up in the morning and says, I'm going to pray and I'm going to slay today. I'm going to pray and I'm going to slay today. I'm going to pray and I'm going to slay my giants today in the name of Jesus. Pray and slay. Tell your neighbor, you got to pray, but you got to slay. Pray and slay. Remain standing. I want to pray for you. Listen, let me, let me end practically is what I've been saying all along. Number one, you got to pray yourself hot. This is why. This is why I'm hot. You got to be hot in your spirit. You got to be fervent in your prayers. Man, you got to have energy for yourself. You got to lay hands on yourself once in a while and say, self, you will not die. You will overcome. Self, you are not meant to be defeated. You're meant to be a victor. Self, there's more in you. Self, I declare freedom over you. Self, I bind every demon in your head right now. Self, you are the head and not the tail. You ought to speak life over yourself. Pray yourself hot. Why are you making me scream? Why, I mean, whoever's up there, why don't you put my mic up? Why don't you put my mic up? Why are you making me work harder than I have to? I have a cold. I got a cold, y'all. We can throw this mic out after this. <laughs> it's all infected. In Jesus' name. No. Watch this. You got to do some things scared. If it's worth doing, you got to do it scared. Dude, ask her out. Scared. Go for that promotion. Scared. Apply for that job. Scared. Go for that house that's out of your league. Go scared. God will beat you in the middle of your will. Do it scared. Do it scared. But you got to do it. And the last thing, listen, you got to name your fears. And declare freedom over them. Name it. Don't Netflix it. Name it. What do I mean by that? Every day, people choose to bury their fears in watching something. Hopefully it goes away. It's not going to go away unless you name it and declare freedom over it in Jesus' name. In some things... You have to keep declaring freedom over it until you see that you've been set free from it in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Let's pray. I want to thank you for listening today. And I want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of God. And uh, hope to see you soon.